Hello, this is Norma Sheehan from the Heal Your Hole podcast, asking you to heal my hole for a change. The hole in my pocket. It's just a small one-off payment, no subscriptions, takes 30 seconds to do apparently. So you need to follow the support this show link in the show description. And every payment increases my healing power. So I can continue to tend to your lazy holes, hairy holes, needy holes, itchy holes, money holes, smelly holes, arseholes. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode number 33 of the Heal Your Whole podcast with myself, Norma Sheehan, where we will look at all the various holes in your life, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, comical, sexual, and we give them all a good scene too. Last week we did Wrinkly Hole and that was with Marie Gashidi. She gave us loads of gorgeous advice on how to prevent your face looking like an old man's testicle, basically. And um, this week we're doing Greedy Hole because it's coming up to Christmas. So I rang around a few charities in the hope that I get the kids to, um, we might go out singing if we can or sell something, cakes or something. And to be fair, Focus Ireland is the one I'm going to do it for because they are based here in Ireland and they help the homeless and all that. And I was kind of saying to them, you know, this year, is it okay with all the hotels are you doing grand and she said in particular the issue is people running from home because of abuse and I just want to say to you arseholes out there who are physically or mentally or sexually abusing people during lockdown you're a sicko you're a sicko and I wish I could line you all up just with the one bullet save it you're sick go away and get yourself fixed and stop causing people to have to go out on the street, homeless, because of abuse. Disgusting, disgusting beasts. Anyway, that's my rant. So if you could give some money to Focus Ireland, that would be great. Sorry. Oh, it just boils my fucking blood. Anyway, um, so today I'm going to talk to somebody... This is John Shahan. He is a friend and a relative and he has worked for many years in the fanciest department store in Jesus, it's probably the fanciest one in Europe. I want to get an insight into the psychology of the big spender. And now when I say big spender, I mean like like nothing really you'd even see in Ireland, right? So I'm going to give him a call and just discuss all the greedy feckers out there who um, spend their money on stuff they probably don't need. So here we go. Hi there. Hello, John. Are you free to take a call for a podcast? <laughs> and then I was wondering what news from the old country was coming through into the podcast. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Well, I've, I've no news. My life is pretty boring, but um, I'm doing greedy, greedy hole for my podcast this week. And not I don't think you're a greedy person. That's not why I'm ringing you. But I have a few questions that you may or may not be legally able to answer. So, first up, you are the only person I kind of know who has so many intriguing jobs, but one in particular, you worked in a very highbrow store in the UK 
where I visited you once and you showed me a ring worth five million. I think it was five million the ring was worth, was it? God, it could have been. It wasn't so much how much the ring was, was how much did you want to spend? Because funnily enough, you can always find enough rocks, depending on the budget. Right, okay. But I do remember um, that you were dealing with some of the more wealthy customers and I was like, oh my God, would that be like Posh and Bex? And you said, oh no, 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 no. Like this is people with real, <laughs> real money. Like people who wouldn't know what an ESB bill is ever in their life. They don't even know what money is, is it? Yeah, I mean, I suppose, it's, yeah, I, I suppose we, we generally have this conception that celebrities have, have lots and lots of money, but, but there are certainly levels. And the way I would always put it is that there's a difference between somebody who might have earned money, um, and that, that is a lot of celebrities, even though there's lots of celebrities who might have born, born into some money. But uh, the difference is, if, if you were born into a world where just money wasn't a thing, that there was just always money. And uh, I think the only way I could describe that is, is that for most of us, because it is all relative, like we would kind of look at people who are wealthier than us and we would say, oh my, wow, it must be amazing, it must be incredible. But of course, we, you know, we live in the first world, so there are people who'd look at us as well and think, my goodness me, all of us must be so thrilled and happy that we have so much. And it's exactly the same, because yeah. it just seems to be human nature. Everybody wants more, no matter how much you have. And I think one of the biggest challenges is that if you have all the money in the world, how do you achieve anything? What do you do it for? And okay. everything just changes because, of course, somebody can walk, by, walk into a shop in any one of the beautiful shops in London or in Dublin, wherever, and look at these beautiful, beautiful things. Part of the enjoyment, which is amazing, is the fact that we kind of can't have it or that if you want it, you've really got to like wait for it. And that is so, so important. So for anyone who's got lots and lots of money, you know, no matter how many watches you have, it's still just a watch. You've only got one arm. Well, you've got two watches. But you can only really wear one watch at a time. So it's like, watch you. You can put it on your legs as well if you want. But I mean, it still just tells the time. And so in any story, the one story I will always remember, and it was just before Christmas. So I started working in, in luxury stores before Christmas, 10 years ago. Well, and you you yeah, weren't just, just let's just say you weren't just behind the counter now. You were a guide, let's call it. So no, so I was, I was given a very particular job. So I was basically out of work after pretty starving. And um, I saw that this job was advertised. So it was basically you could sell anything in the store. You just help people find Christmas presents. And I thought, you know what, you know, that sounds like a bit of a fun job. So I signed up to it. But this was literally as I started the training just before, I think it was in November, word came out that there was going to be a financial crash. Like not the best time to be trying to sell luxury things. Yeah. But I just thought, you know what, I'm actually just going to go out onto the shop floor. And I absolutely loved it because I remember like trying to go, to, I went downstairs down to where the, shall we say, the, the fashion watches, that's what we call them. Fashion watches are just more kind What of price a, now is the fashion compared <laughs> to a real? Okay, well, you, you, I have to like slightly qualify this that I've worked in luxury for so long. My prices are completely out. What I think is just something cheap is, is probably, for most people, is probably kind of expensive. Um, and I would just point out for myself, I mean, I don't go out and buy watches for whatever it is, £5,000. Now, a fashion watch would be around about £200. Okay. That's kind of very entry level. Yeah, I could um, buy I could buy that now if I put my mind to it, but I wouldn't want it because I'd break it. There you go. There you go. But it, I mean, it's crazy in a sense because it's two hundred pounds. It's not. 
cheap by any means. But I meant I went out there and I thought, you know what? And this lady, my goodness me, I will never forget it. I mean, she asked me every single question that was possible to ask about this watch. And she was pointing at the dials and saying, you know, what do they do? What does this do? And can I die at 50 meters? And I was like, are you seriously going to die at 50 meters with this watch? I mean, and in the end, I almost bought the watch for her because I was exhausted. She was exhausted. And in the end, she didn't buy the watch. And I just thought, that's it. My luxury career is over. And so I then, I went to where the most more expensive watches were. And I did love it around there because I loved it for two reasons. One was that, you know, the people who come in to actually buy these watches. You know, we're talking watches that are going to be 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 or more. So there was one of the people who might actually come in and buy them. But the, the people I really loved was you'd see a fantastic reaction. Well, you know, you'd see some fella who basically was just hating the world because of Christmas shopping. And he'd kind of spot something he'd like, so he'd get a bit closer. And there's that point where you actually, just the price comes into focus. <laughs> it's like, whoop. And as you back away, uh, like you've been bitten or a bit of an electric shock or something like that. And I always would go up to them and say, oh, may I help you, sir? Um, and that would just be great fun because then he would think, I actually want him to try and sell him the watch and he'd be trying to make it look like, oh, no, maybe not today. But then I would just kind of get talking to them. And, and it was fantastic because we're all fascinated by these items. And you see, for me, you, you want me going now on shopping. And when I started working in, in luxury retail, I, completely honest, I thought, you know, this stuff, and what's the point? It's just things. Yeah. But... Soon after that, I realized that in actual fact that these things, um, shopping is, is a motive. What makes you choose the thing that you choose? Well, it, fill, it fills a void. Say, it fills a void in their life. Like, I love my car. I don't like jewellery. I'm not into clothes. But I would actually, I think I love my car. Not more than my children, but I, I love, because I'm not allowed to say that, but I love my car so much, I can't express it. And I would add to that. I would actually say that there's, you, there are other things. There are, there are clothes that we have. Maybe a piece of uh, something, a jacket, an old shirt, whatever, a pair of trousers, that we go back to time and time again. Or a little piece of jewellery. And so often, it's associated with a memory of somebody who you knew who gave it to you or you bought it around that time. Yeah, but that's that's lovely, John. What what about the... Did you see any disgusting greed going through the store? Like, what was the most you saw someone spend that just didn't need it and was just disgustingly spending? You, I suppose you don't really see, you know, in, in the greed as such. I mean, I, I mean I, I'd love to say you do, but you don't. Because... I mean, generally, these kind of purchases, nobody kind of just comes in and drops whatever. They, they will think about it, and they'll have a story. And, and also, like, luxury retail is all about telling a story. So, like... Well, you're a, you'd, be an, you'd be an amazing seller, because you'd come along with your Irish accent. You know, you're so personable. Also, you've been an actor, so you can put on a little bit of a show. And you just seem genuine. And it turned out that a lot of those people wanted to be your friend. You made good friends. Well, you know, that, yeah, that's it. Because I think, I think in luxury retail, the difference is, is that because it's, it's selling a story. But what surprised me that first time I went up to sell expensive watches was that I was looking at the watches. I knew nothing really about them. But this other gentleman really knew all about them. And he was telling me. And he was picking them up and he's saying, you know, this watch, he said, you know, I, I have something similar to it. And he was explaining what it was and about the, the different elements of it and the dot, obviously, all the, uh, the complications, as they call it. Um, and do you know what? <laughs> he actually convinced himself to buy the watch. Wow. So and you, did, you, you didn't have to do it. Oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, 
I know. I think the watch, his uh, memory serves about thirty thousand pounds. And and I remember afterwards they came up to me. That, that was a great deal. How did you do this? And I was going, I have no idea. He bought the watch himself. So all he wanted was someone not to tell him he was stupid to buy it, like a relative or somebody else. He just wants... Well, you do. You do in a sense, because, you know, you are kind of saying, you know, it is something about the brand. It is something about, again, at that level. You know, I mean, I suppose this is kind of what I mean about the greed sets, because, you know, curiously, at that level, the watches and all that that you're buying, the jewellery you're buying, doesn't decrease in value. So it is, in a sense, an investment. You know, somebody's right, but you do have to have that money to throw away in the first place. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, you skipped my question earlier. What is the dearest bill that you've ever seen come through? Like, you know, a couple coming in or a family or a single person, probably one of these people who doesn't understand money and has never had to worry about money. Is there any, like, a flippant shop that you went wow, that took an hour less and there's X amount going out the store. Like, was there anything mind-blowing? I can't say very much here, but certainly, you know, you do see, uh, I I suppose, uh, yeah, certainly, you know, over the years, you know. I, I mean, I, I'm not actually a shopper, so I don't tend to be the client. Yeah. yeah. That's no probably why they like you, because you're just a pal going around the shop with them, really. But well, you know what, you know what, I mean, I suppose, I mean... I, the other thing is, is that because I know the store inside and out, and I would always say it's not about necessarily the most expensive things. It is about, you know, you know, I love talking to somebody and finding that thing that they want. They want for Christmas or they want something really, really special. And I always had my favorite because, of, of course, a lot of people would say to you, um, oh, you know, everything you want to sell is expensive. And it's, it's simply not true. Yes, you will see people come in and you will see slightly to answer your question, maybe, you know, a couple of hundred thousand in a single transaction. A couple of hundred thousand in a single transaction, right? And that's their that's yeah, their weekend yeah. shop. That's lovely. <laughs> but but also yeah, that, I mean, that, that I mean they're not buying you know flight fan or anything like that. No, it's not so. But at the same time, so one of my favorite favorite gifts, and I would, I would always say this, is uh, it was a Christmas gift. And if you can ever find one, it is one of the most special things. And and I, anyone will love this. I think you know, for me, it's always food. Yeah. I think if you don't know what to buy somebody, food is fantastic. Because yes, we. Yeah, we all do get, I suppose if anyone's going to get greedy, it is Christmas and we all eat way too much. Yeah. But one of the things I really, really love is um, tea. Uh, there was a time when tea was the most expensive drink in the world. And all that was expressions, all the tea in China, all of this. And um, one of the things I absolutely love is them, also a tour guide. But the Chinese, they had tea. And, and the reason it was so, so expensive is the Chinese wouldn't give it. 
away. They wouldn't, you know, let other people out, you know, Wow, so it's all about supply and demand and exclusivity and stuff like that. It's not like Mrs. Doyle, you will, you will, you will, go on, go on, go on, go on. Absolutely, absolutely not. So originally, I mean, because people always wonder why do people in the States drink coffee and people in in England, uh, in Britain, drink tea, because tea is so associated with English. But in actual fact, coffee came into the UK first. It was sold in London around about 1660 when we started something around then. But what had happened was a lot of people who left the old country, as the Americans would say, Britain went over to the United States. They continued drinking coffee. But what happened in England was that the Queen started in the 1700s. I think it was Queen Anne. She began to drink tea, and that became fashionable. And that showed you had class. Um, right. The problem was, it was so expensive, and that was the whole point. And so what they actually did in the 1840s was an Englishman went into China, and he stole the tea. It's an absolutely true story. He actually dressed up as a Chinese and, and that's how he stole the tea. It's an incredible, incredible story. He but stole how much tea? Stole, Enough tea for... He, no, he stole the plant. Oh, he stole the plant so people could uh, grow it elsewhere. He stole the plant. So he, and, and where did they grow it? Well, it just so happened that the British Empire had lost and lost of land in India. And so they brought it over to India and they started growing the tea in India instead. That's why we associate uh, tea so much with India today. Tea is much better for you than coffee anyway. Coffee, you know, you'd have to have four teas to equal the, the brain buzz of a coffee. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, and it does have this, you know, there's one of the most elegant about it, of course, in drinking tea. And there's so many different types. Of, uh, if you ever have the time going into one of these luxury stores and really begin to experiment with some of the teas, because a lot of the, the big stores, they still sell the loose tea. Um, there's amazing tea. There was one tea that I was aware of. It was grown. Oh, goodness me. Where was it? It was grown in Hawaii. Yeah. And uh, it was one of the most expensive teas in the world. Wow. So it's, I ca- it's hard to believe 25 that... 25 pounds a cup. 25 pounds a cup? Yes. For a cup of tea? Yeah. My granny lived to 102 and I asked her, you know, did she drink water and all that? And she said she never had a cup of water in her life. Never had a glass of water in her life. And I said, well, what did you drink? Because you know, she doesn't drink. She didn't drink alcohol either, actually. She said the only thing she ever drank was tea. That is true. It is amazing, actually, you know, that... The fondness for tea in Ireland, actually, and uh, you know, I'd have to play Barry's tea, of course. Yes. And, and I think many, many people did actually think that Barry's tea was grown in Ireland. <laughs> but anyway, what I was going to say was that so my favourite, favourite gift, the way they used to transport tea in the olden days was they would transport it in a brick. So with all the tea actually just compressed together, and when you would actually go to make a cup of tea, you would shave off using the blade just how much tea you wanted. And it is still possible to buy these little tea bricks. And they're beautiful. It's, uh, they're quite small. Look inside the dinner plate, square. And normally has the most beautiful decoration on the side of it. And I think they go for around 20 quid. Oh, so that's beautiful. such so a different. lovely present. That's so special. Because we, when, when I grew up, we used to have the um, tea leaves. There was no tea bags when I was a kid. Or else my mother just didn't agree with it. The tea bag <laughs> didn't kind of appear till I was in my teens, I'd say. So before that, it was always at home. My mother would have had the real butter and the tea leaves. And that was the tradition, of course, as well. And actually, I think many, many people today don't have a teapot. Um, but again, there was, that was that lovely tradition. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I do wonder, obviously, we, we all have tea bags now and, and the tea on the go and things like that. But, yeah, yeah that, that tradition of tea drinking and, and, and things like that. And I suppose that, you see, that's where, again, it's part of the story. Like, what is your particular favourite brand and things like that? And whenever I bring people into the store and when I'm showing people around, I will always try to introduce them to something new. They just haven't thought about it, they haven't known the story. Because 
because when somebody knows the story of somebody's brand, they then kind of stay with it for the rest of their lives. So it's, it's lovely. And did you ever um, feel like saying to them, do you really need to buy that second jacket? Could you not give that to uh, St. Vincent de Paul or Focus Ireland or one of the charities? Like you really can only wear one jacket at a time. Or did you just shut your gob and just your head just has to be in a different place, does it? No, no. Do you know, I mean, again, I suppose, and this is being completely honest. If, if you came into me, all right, and I walk around the store and I sell you X, Y and Z and have you, you know, even your way out of the store. You'll get home and you'll look at the bill and you'll have that wonderful thing called post-purchase dissonance. What you'll do is that over the next few days, you'll bring it all back to the store and return it, most likely. That is so, I mean, I do that in pennies even, so yeah. (laughs) So so you'll never talk to me again. So in actual fact, what we will tend to do is, the hardest thing about being a good shopper is that you say no to the client. I mean, because a lot of it as well is that people don't necessarily know, including myself, you know, what suits them. So when you're working like with a personal shopper, I'm not quite a personal shopper, but I have often worked as a personal shopper and I work with many of them. You know, that's what the skill is. Because you have to, have to build trust and confidence in the shop. Well, the best shopper I ever had was a guy um, selling me ASICs or ASICs uh, runners down in an ASICs store. And he said... uh, I was trying on all the fancy ones and he went over and put my foot on this machine thing he had and he came back and he went, look, you and your bunions now and your... No, he didn't, but he looked at my bunions and my wonky feet and he directed me over another way and he sold me these ones that were half the price of the ones I had on my feet and I was looking at him going, wow, okay, you're a nice yeah. guy. And they were my favourite pair of runners ever because they, they just had this soft um, cloth where my manky bunion is. And I'd no no pain. It was just bliss. But I'll never forget him. No, and, and that, that that is the truth. I mean, I would say it's far more likely that somebody will kind of be buy too much or buy the wrong things because they do it on their own. And we all know that we have that part of the cupboard or the wardrobe, you know, behind the first five or six items, the things that are further back that we never get, we can't throw out. And you buy them and you put them in there and they're never worn. The whole point is that, you know, you, like, you should try and buy the things you will actually use. And no matter how much you spend on it, if it is something you really are going to get use of, it's a good buy. Right. And as I said, that's what the pleasure is. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you because I, I thought I was going to ring you and give a big bashing just out of jealousy, pure jealousy. I was I was planning on ringing you to bash the rich for spending money. But you know what? Like, I'm sorry, but if you look at these people, I know some wealthy people here in Ireland and my God, the amount they give to charity, the amount they do for charity. So by being wealthy, they enable themselves to have time and money to give back. So that's usually the way it works, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, I'm I'm, I'm not really giving up much information, but the people I've worked with, and I know that there are huge foundations and, and, and what has been done, what has been given back at Christmas. And we do so much volunteering and things like that as well. Um, and certainly from so much went to the NHS. And it, it is because, as I say, I don't believe there's any point in having you know a business that is just about taking. Because yeah. it, you could do that, but who's going to work for you? And I love where I work. And I, I huge respect for the people I work for, for all of the stores. And I think it is. Do you know what? I mean, I really think it is. I know, of course, that shopping and all that will, will tend to get a bad press. But all of us, as kids and all that, going into stores 
and seeing the most amazing, beautiful animals and things like that. I mean, my goodness me. I mean, that is, it is so special. Yeah. And, you know, when you come in and you see the children with the teddy bears and things like that. Yeah. And when people say to me, like, about online shopping, I, I mean, I don't just say this for what I do, but I hope we will never, ever lose the stores. I can't do online. There's something wrong in my brain. It just doesn't work for me. Um, I did it twice and I got no. two lumps of crap that I couldn't wear and then I didn't know how to send them back. So I just went, that's it. Never doing it again. No. I want oh, to go into I the know. store. I I'm. I also, even if I'm booking a hotel, I ring up. I don't want to do it online. I want to talk to the person. And if they say, go back online, it'll be 20% cheaper. I'll go that way. But I'll talk to them first because you never know what a human being will say to you that you won't get from a computer. I totally agree with you there. I, well, I'll, I'll give you this last story. Oh, you'll have me on the phone all night. But, um, so that first year I was working, and I was down by fine watches. And this gentleman came in, and he was buying a Rolex. And I, he had saved up, this is no word of a lie, he'd saved up for seven years to buy the Rolex. Wow. And you know what? We made such a fuss about him. We had everybody out, and everybody was just like, celebrating in a moment. I saw a car pulling in next to me recently and I just went, oh my God, divine car. And I was staring at it and the woman got out and I just said, sorry, sorry, I, I just have to say your car is beautiful. I didn't even notice that it was a Mercedes at the time, but it was this small little beautiful Mercedes. And she said, oh my God, thank you for saying that. I can't tell you how hard I work to have this car, but I do love it. It is lovely, isn't it? So it was like your man with the, with the watch. Yeah, fair enough. With the whole Christmas thing, I think we've all experienced that thing about it really is about the, the joy of giving as opposed to receiving. And, and I, I absolutely feel that. And, and certainly, yes, and especially the time of the year and, and thinking about being your lucky is so important. Can I be honest, John? I get very you upset can. and low when someone gives me something. I get really put really? out. Yeah. There's something wrong and maybe then things aren't going to come to me from the universe or whatever. But I, I like if someone gives me something, like if someone gives me flowers and going, well, that's great. Nowhere to put them. That's just going to look great in my manky, dirty kitchen. Or someone gives me a piece of clothing. Well, where am I going to wear that now? What's that going to match? That's just another bother. And I'll have to remember to wear it when I meet the person. And then three or four days later, I calm the feck down and I find a place for it in my life. Obviously not the flowers because they'd have withered by then. But um, there's something wrong in my brain. I find items, physical items, that they just get me down. I just want one or two coats, one car. I want one pair of runners. I want if I've more, I get bothered, and I don't even like the right. feel of jewelry. I find I find jewelry like any type of a bracelet or necklace. I can only wear it for an hour at an event, and I have to take it off. It just doesn't feel right on me. I need help. Well, no, no, do you know? I mean, it's funny because just my mum was exactly the same. You couldn't find on them anything. Right. With, uh, I keep saying to the guys, like they're saying, "What will you get me for Christmas?" And I said, "Just clean your bedroom. Just do that for Christmas." I'm so impersonal. I'm all about throw five or ten or twenty in an envelope and just throw it at them. And I, I'd, even, I'd even throw it in a brown envelope. Anyway, I'm going to let you go. But John, I know you were brilliant at your job, um, still are, because you yourself always look like 100% dapper. But I know that you don't like excess. You don't like excess. But you like the finer things. But you're certainly not a greedy person from what I've known of you. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, I... Probably a little bit over lockdown and all that. But, uh, yeah, that's probably the same as everybody, just eating too much. In a bit. Oh, right, that way greedy, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but you're, you're a thin fecker. You probably have only put on a pound or two, have you? Oh, God, no, no, I tell you what, no, no, my, I'm, I'm the kind of person, you can't, I can't have, like, one or two biscuits. Yeah, I'm I the same. Packets, that's my problem. 
Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm your, I'm your, yeah. co- I'm your cousin. <laughs> I don't know how somebody has like one biscuit with a cup of tea. I just, that, I don't understand all people, Yeah, so. yeah. Once no. the packet is open, you don't. I mean, you don't want to be. That's like picking your favorite child. You know, you have to eat the, all of them. You can't just eat one and leave the other poor, poor fellas in the packet. <laughs> okay, goodbye, John. All right. Madam. Thank you for all, all right, your information. Oh, well, that changed my tune a little bit. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you, John, for that. Um, yeah, I was up for bashing the lot of them, but that's just jealousy, I guess. And just because I'm not turned on by shopping. Okay, so I have to say that was very funny about the tea looking like um, a block of brown stuff. All I could think of was a block of hash, you know, that little little knob of hash. Not that I know much about it, but I remember people shaving bits off it. Um, no, it didn't. It didn't ever suit me. But yeah, it has changed my view slightly. And do you know what? Things we're doing greedy hole. Just going to give you all a little nudge. Uh, I'd like to say thanks to everyone who has supported the show. Lots of supporters. But anyone out there who's um, not feeling greedy, uh, you can support my show. Uh, what is it? Follow the support link in the description and you can give a one-off donation to me to plough on if you'd like me to plough on with uh, healing your holes but don't worry about it otherwise you could give anything from three euro to I don't know a couple of thousand whatever so uh, thank you for listening and again tell your friends if you enjoyed the show and if you didn't enjoy the show shut your hole and uh, yeah till next week so yep bye bye 